Welcome to today's message by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church is located in Rock Falls at 2002 9th Avenue, just across from the Dillon Grade School. Pastor Tommy would like to invite you to be a part of their Sunday services. The Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m., followed by their morning worship at 11 a.m., or their evening service at 6 p.m. They would also love to have you be a part of their midweek services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We hope you will get a blessing this morning as Pastor Tommy brings you a message from the Word of God. So good to be back today. Thank you for tuning in. Hope everyone had a great 4th of July. Today, July 5th, the day after Independence Day. And so thankful for this time of year when we can celebrate a group of extremists, I guess we would call them today, a bunch of radicals that didn't like being pushed around, that didn't like tyranny, and they got together and they signed the Declaration of Independence. Of Independence. Boy, we don't even know what that means today anymore. I want to read a portion of the Declaration of Independence today. I think it's important that we remember it this time of year. And it says, the Declaration of Independence, signed July 4th, 1776. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes and accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. I tell you, I would love to hear these kind of words today. I wish our leaders would speak this way today, but unfortunately we're doing everything we can to throw away our independence, to throw away our freedom. And boy, those that group of radicals back then, they stood strong against the powers. They weren't afraid to fight or even die for what they believed in. And unfortunately today, 
what I just did bored you to death. Even with the dramatic music and me using my dramatic voice, reading the Declaration of Independence, I probably lost some of you. You got bored out of your mind because we just don't care about that stuff anymore. And it's a shame. It is a shame that we have forgotten our history. It's a shame that we have let our country get to where it is today. And today, I don't want to spend my time talking about the politicians. I don't want to spend my time talking about the president and blaming everybody else. I know whose fault it is that the country is in the mess that it's in today. Our founding fathers, they gave us something great when they gave us America. They gave us a place where we had religious freedom. They gave us a constitution that, you know, supported uh, biblical uh, laws and they had biblical beliefs. It's very clear just in what I read from the Declaration of Independence. I believe Creator was mentioned at least three times. They believed in God and they gave us something great. And unfortunately, we have not taken advantage of it. We haven't used it properly. We have wasted a lot of our liberty and we've misused it. And so now we're losing it. And I'm afraid that's very sad today. And I want to talk to you today about who I believe is really the problem and who I blame for what's going on today. Because Proverbs chapter 21 verse 1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. After reading that, you might be thinking, so who are you blaming? Are you blaming God for what's going on in our country today? No, I am, I am not blaming God. I do not believe that God is pleased one bit with what he is saying. But I do believe that God is still in control. God is still on the throne. And I believe that we are getting exactly what we deserve in this country. We are getting exactly what we ask for. Because unfortunately, we've put too much faith and trust and we've uh in our politicians and in our leaders we're constantly going to them whenever we have a need or whenever we're in fear and we have put them in the place of god we have put them over god and so god has said fine oh i will let him do what you want to do what he what you want him to do and then you get to deal with the consequences of it kind of reminds me of a story in first samuel when the people came to Samuel and said, we want a king like all the other nations. And, of course, Samuel, he objected to it and he went to God and God just said, you know what? Go ahead and give them what they've asked for. But I want you to warn them what's going to happen if they do have a king. And Samuel did. He went and he warned them. He told them exactly what would happen. And they said, we want a king anyway. We want to be like the other nations. And you know what God did? God said, okay. And he gave them a king exactly like they wanted. He gave them King Saul, who got the country in a lot of trouble and was a very terrible king. And it was because, and Israel wasn't in bad shape because they had a terrible king. They were in bad shape because the people weren't following the commands and the, uh, following the plan that God had given. And so God gave them a sorry king. He gave them what they asked for. And in our country, we still elect our leaders. We elect our presidents. And because we have departed from the ways of God and we have asked for sorry leaders, God has given us sorry leadership today. And I believe that if us as Christians, if we would get right with God, if God's people would do what they are supposed to do, I believe the country would get fixed very quickly. I do not believe it's too late for a revival. I'm not I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. In fact, 
all that's been going on, it's making me want to fight even harder for our country. This is our opportunity to shine as a light. As our world gets darker and darker, this is our opportunity, Christians. I mentioned this in church the other day. You know, all the stories you read about in the Bible, all the great men that we hear talked about in the Bible, these were men that rose up during dark and difficult times. And we all read those stories and we hear those stories and we say we'd like to be one of those men, but yet when things get difficult and dark, we want to go into hiding. But listen, this is our chance to be a Daniel. This is our chance to be a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is our opportunity to shine as lights, to really make a difference at a time when it really matters. And now more than ever, I want to call Christians to just wake up, take a look at what's going on, and don't panic, don't faint. What you need to do is call on the Lord. We need to get back to depending on God and not depending on Washington. They have proven that we cannot trust them. They have proven that we cannot depend on them for anything. And we better call out to the Lord right now. And I want to challenge you to do that. And I want to ask you a few questions because there is a reason that God's not blessing our country. And I do. I believe the people we ought to be looking at as is the Christians, God's people. God's, they, we are the ones that should take responsibility for this mess that's going on. But I want to ask you a few questions because, you know, just because you're saved and on your way to heaven, it doesn't mean you get just get to sit around and wait for the coming of Christ. We have a job to do. You need to get, and we need to get busy with it. And I want to ask you, uh, what have you been doing with the Great Commission lately? Do you remember in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, where Jesus said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. What have you been doing with the Great Commission? When was the last time you told somebody about Christ? You know, we like to sit on our couches and we like to complain about how our country's going to the dogs. We like to complain about how wicked our world is getting. But here's the thing. Without Christ in our lives, where do you think you would be today? I mean, there's no telling where we would be if it weren't for Christ in our lives. And, you know, we all like to complain about our neighbors that are lost and whose lives are a wreck and who are living wicked lives. But yet, have we told them about Christ? Have we told them about Jesus? Have we told them verses like where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Because, you know, I seem to see a trend amongst Christians today to go along with this let's accept everybody's gods, let's accept everybody's beliefs when there's only one way to heaven. And that's through Jesus Christ. And yet, we don't feel the need to tell other people about Christ. We don't feel the need to witness to our family. Because, oh, we might offend them. We might upset them. We might make them mad. Well, you know, that's going to happen. But if we really love somebody, we're going to tell them the truth, even if it's not necessarily what they want to hear. After all, we were commanded to do that, to preach the gospel to every creature. What have you been doing with that? 
churches today, they're not out knocking on doors and, and trying to witness to people and trying to give people the plan of salvation. We're not talking to our neighbors. We're not talking to our, our co-workers. We're not sending people out into different parts of the world where they haven't heard the gospel. We're not doing those things. And we wonder why our world is becoming like it is. Listen, without Christ, there there is no hope. Without, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. I mean, this is so important that we fulfill this great commission. And if we're not going to do it, if churches today are just going to sit around and they're going to sugarcoat the gospel, if they're not going to preach on sin, if they're not going to stand against wickedness, if they're not going to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, then you know what? We're just going to continue to see the cultural rot that we are seeing in our country And you know what? You can go ahead and complain about the politicians all you want, but we need to admit it's not their fault. It's our fault. We have really slacked off on this Great Commission, and we wonder why people vote the way they do. We wonder why they think the way they do, why they live the way they do. They have not been taught the things of God, teaching them to observe all things. You know how much Bible is not being taught. I mean, most churches today, pretty much all they want to talk about is the love of God and don't judge people. And I mean, they've got like three or four subjects they use every week. And there is so much more to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about, uh, you know, clean living, holy living. Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to preach against sins. Nobody wants to talk against fornication. Nobody wants to preach against adultery. Nobody wants to bring those things up. We don't want to preach about against all the sexual perversion and stuff that's out there today that's being promoted and being celebrated and being accepted by our government. We, nobody wants to do that today. And then we sit around wondering why our country's falling apart. And what my question to you, what have you been doing with the Great Commission? Let me ask you another question also. How has your church attendance been doing? Hebrews 10.24 And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. How has your church attendance been doing? Now you think, why does that matter? You're just bringing this up because you're a pastor and you want people in your church. Listen, I do want people in my church, but let me tell you something. If you're a Christian today... We just read, you're not to forsake the assembling, the assembling, the coming together and worshiping Christ, being taught the things of God. We need that today. We need to provoke one another to love and good works. And you think, you know, why are people so bad? Why are Christians so bad? Maybe it's because nobody's motivating them to do right. Nobody's motivating them to stand strong and to follow the commands of God. And you know, and you know why? Because you're not at church to motivate them. You wonder why your preacher's gotten soft in the pulpit and why he won't preach against sin and why he won't stand strong. You know why? Because every time he preaches against anything, he can count on you walking out instead of you amening and cheering him on. He needs you there. You need you need to provoke him. You need to motivate him. And if you just go and you lay out of church every time you get your feelings hurt because maybe he stepped on your toes a little bit, if you lay out of church just because you know you got a little headache or something, you're not going to be provoking anybody to love and good works. 
You're not, you're not going to motivate anybody to do the right thing. We see more and more Christians leaving churches today, getting out of church, getting away from God, getting involved in all the same sin and filth that lost people are involved in, and we wonder why. And I am afraid it's because our church attendance stinks. We're not there. We're not provoking to love and good works. We're not motivating our preacher. You know, I love good, hard Bible preaching. I, I want to hear somebody get up and tell the truth to preach against sin. I mean, and just let it rip. But preachers are scared to death to do that today. They are scared to death. Man, I'm so sick of these just, you know, soft-spoken, limp-wristed, you know, sugar-coated preaching, just watered-down, you know, message, a watered-down Bible. Nobody wants to stand strong anymore, and it's because they're afraid they're going to lose the few people that they do have in their church. And, you know, if you really do believe the Word of God, and you believe in preaching against sin, and you believe in soul winning and all those things, why don't you get in your church and get involved and motivate your preacher, motivate those who are doing right, and maybe those people would start making a difference too. Maybe we would see more people getting saved. We'd see more people living for the Lord, and maybe we could see a shift in our culture in the right direction. But unfortunately, people's church attendance today, it stinks, and it stinks bad. And I tell you, if you're a Christian today, and it's Sunday morning right now, I hope you're on your way to church right now. I really do. If you're not, boy, you need to get up and you need to go to church. And you're, and I know into, right now you're thinking, how dare he say that? Well, you know what? All preachers should be saying that today. You ought to be in church today. If you're not in church, and listen, unless you're sick or dying or something, you ought to be in the house of God. Oh, there's just no good churches. Well, yes, there are, for one. And second of all, you know, why don't you go get in one and help it become a good church? You know, why don't you motivate people to do right? You know how much pull there is on preachers today to go liberal? I mean, to get away from the truths of the Bible? They're under a lot of pressure to get soft today. They are under a lot of pressure just to cave and to buckle and just to go along and get along. If you're so spiritual, if you're so strong... Why don't you get in a church and motivate your preacher and motivate your people to do right? But I'm just going to tell you right now, as long as your church attendance stinks, you're not going to accomplish a whole lot for God. And I know I might be coming off kind of strong today, but you know, it's the soft-spoken, sugar-coated stuff. It's not helping anybody. So I'm, we, we just tell it like it is here, and I, I hope you don't get offended by that. I hope you should be refreshed by that. I want to ask you another question. Have you been practicing holy living? Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You know who it starts with? It starts with God's people. I'm telling you right now, politicians today are as spineless as all get out. They have no backbone. They have no 
I mean, just they, they, they don't take strong stands in anything. They just go with the flow, and the flow is going the wrong way today. And we can go and elect whoever we want in the next election, and I'm convinced that they will continue going with the flow. I don't care what they say during campaign time. They will continue on the same path that they are on right now. However, if God's people would get right and we would have revival, those same spineless, wimpy politicians would, and if the we turn the tide, if we got the flow going the other way, they would go along too. They would start voting right. The laws would change in the in the right way and in the right direction. But unfortunately, we think it starts with the politicians. We think it starts in Washington. I'm here today to tell you it ends there. It ends in Washington. It ends at the Supreme Court. We have 318 million people in this country, and we let nine people in these past couple weeks just make some terrible, terrible new rules for all of us. New laws. Nine people. We could try to blame those nine people over the 318 million as much as we want. But I'm telling you, it didn't start with them. It ended with them. And if we would just get God's people in this country doing the right thing, winning people to Christ, we would see a shift back in the right direction. And the Supreme Court, they're just as gutless and spineless as the rest of them. They would start voting in the right way too. But they, I'm telling you, you know who I think has the most power in this country today? It's not Congress. It's not the President. It's not even the Supreme Court. I'm afraid it's the news media. I mean, it's amazing the way they're able to bully these people and intimidate them into backing down on everything. I mean, every time a politician accidentally tells the truth, boy, the media pounces all over them, and they back down so fast, it's ridiculous. And I'm telling you, it does not start with them. It ends with them. It starts with us. Ezekiel 44:23, And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and profane and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. And if you know your Bible, you're probably thinking, well, wait a minute, that's talking about the Levites. That's talking about the priests. And you know, I'm glad you asked me that. Because in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, it says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests, Unto God and His Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We are His priests today. We don't have a Levitical priesthood today. There is no, we are the priests. As saints of God, as believers, we are the priests. We are to show the difference between the holy and profane. We are to set the example. We are to show people what is right. And you know, one of the things that has killed us in this marriage debate is all the people you know yelling about the sanctity of marriage unfortunately many christian people today have shown that they don't believe in the sanctity of marriage and how easily they will end their marriages over every little thing and how they will even live you know adulterous fornicating lifestyles people who call themselves christians unfortunately as a whole even Christians in America, we don't believe in the sanctity of marriage. Now, I know I do, and I imagine some of you do too, but as a whole, we don't, and we've set such a bad example that people think marriage is just whatever they want to call it. And 
that sad. It's very clear in the Bible what marriage is, but our country doesn't seem to know today because you know why? Nobody's showing them and, no, and nobody's setting the example for them, and that is up to God's people right there. How have, you been, how have you been doing on your holy living? Have you been practicing it? Have you been obeying the commands of God? Have you been walking according to His precepts? Have you been following the Word of God? If you have not, then you are failing this country. If you, if you have not been obedient to the Word of God, and you are a saved person, and you are a believer, you are why we're seeing the mess that we're seeing today. And what we need today, is it's not, it's not new politicians that we need. I believe we could elect whoever we want. And as long as the people are a mess, our politicians are going to continue to be a mess. They only go with the flow. We see it. We all get frustrated with it. They go during their campaigns. They make all these promises. They say they're going to do certain things. They're not going to do certain things. They get into office and they do exactly what the person did before them. Why? Because they're cowards. They're spineless. And if the the common man in America would get right with God and start doing the right thing, we would see the politicians change. But it starts with us and it ends with them. And we have got to do it. We've got to get busy with the Great Commission. We've got to tell people about Christ. You're going to have to get into church. So oh, my, our, my church is boring. You know, the preacher's boring. Well, you know what? Go liven the service up a little bit. Maybe you motivate them. Maybe you sang a special once in a while. Maybe during the song service, instead of just standing there staring at the words in the book, you started singing along yourself. You know, maybe oh, my church isn't friendly. Well, why don't you get into your church? Why don't you make sure nobody else, ever, that anybody that comes into your church never thinks it's unfriendly? You make sure you greet everybody. You make sure you're friendly. Why don't you get involved? Boy, we just love to sit around and complain, but we don't like to just claim responsibility and say, you know what, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to make a difference. And you know what, I want to make a difference in this country today, and I'm not going to go to Washington to do it. Right here in the Sterling Rock Falls area is where I'm going to do it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep on preaching the truth from the pulpit at Liberty Baptist Church. I'm going to keep on proclaiming the truth here on the radio for as long as they let me. I'm going to keep on going door to door and house to house and talking to whoever will listen to me. I'm going to keep sharing the gospel with whoever I can because that is what will make the difference. I'm going to set the example. I want to show people how it's done. I know how it's done. I know how to raise a family. I know how to be a husband. I know how to follow the commands of God. I've, I know where the commands are in the Scripture, and I want to follow them. I want to show people how it's done. That's my responsibility. And if you're saved today, that is your responsibility. And I'm asking you, I'm begging you, if you're a believer today, to get back in the fight. Start doing what you were meant to do. Stop worrying about what's going on in Washington and start worrying about what's going on in your life. Call on his name. Humble yourselves. Pray. Seek his face. Turn from your wicked ways. Then God, he'll hear from heaven. He'll forgive our sins and he will heal our land. And our land, I'm afraid today, is just eaten up. Is just being eaten up with sickness and 
We need God's healing in our land. And please, get involved in the fight. Thank you for listening to the message this morning by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. We hope you were blessed and invite you to tune in next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. as Pastor Tommy brings you more truths from God's Holy Word. For more information about Liberty Baptist Church, visit their website at experience-liberty.com or you can email them at libertybc2011 at att.net.